today we're, we're going to continue in what Jesus said about lost things. And the reason we're doing this is because I want us to catch a glimpse of the heart condition of Jesus. We sometimes see him as elevated and away from us. But if you imagine him walking with us here, if he were here today in the flesh and one being here among us, and we heard him say this story like we, they heard it the first time with the disciples near him, listen to it like that. Don't listen to it from a distance. Listen to it up close as Jesus was speaking. And it reveals the heart condition of our Messiah, of Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 15. And we're just a couple of verses. Luke 15, 8 through 10. We're going to find something here that is of great value. We're going to find something here that was worth an intense search. And we're going to find something here that when they had success in finding, that the celebration was almost indescribable, heavenly, if you would. So let's read together just a couple of verses in chapter 15, verses 8 through 10. And remember, this came right after last, if you were here last week, we talked about the parable of the lost sheep, the leaving the 99 in the flock, going after the one that was lost. Jesus went right into telling a second parable that was giving a very similar message. Here's what he said. What woman, having 10 silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp? Sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it, and when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, Jesus was shifting perspectives here, Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who has repented. Interesting concept and an interesting celebration that came out of all of this. All right, let's look at what happened in this, in this passage. A lady had lost a piece of silver. <clears throat> in that day, uh, and I think we may have a picture, in that day, uh, they would have a, a picture or they would have the, this uh, headband for Jewish ladies of that culture and of that time. And on the headband, they would put the coins that the mother and the father of this lady had built up as kind of a hope chest for this girl as they were, she was getting to the age of being married or she was betrothed or at the stage of actually the, the conclusion of the ceremony. And they, they would give her this and each coin on that headband would be approximately one one week's worth of income. Now, in this particular passage, this family was not incredibly wealthy because there were just 10 coins. On some headbands that you could look at from wealthier families, there would be a rows and rows of these coins on the headband. And it was given from the father <coughs> to the wife, to the daughter, so that she would have the, the sense that no matter what happens, if I run into any kind of difficulty, I have this gift from my parents, 
that I can use these coins at any point that I need to, that I'm in desperation, to be able to take care of myself. It was also a symbol to a future husband or someone considering betrothal of this girl that she is not a, a dependent person. She's not coming to you just because of your protection or provision because she brings into this relationship some, some coins, some strength, some ability. So don't, uh, I think it was there to protect the daughter and to give her a sense of strength where she wouldn't be so vulnerable in a society where women were uh, looked down upon quite a bit more like possession rather than uh, honored, designed by God people. And so uh, the father and the mother would give these coins to these, these ladies. Now, if a wife was caught, or in, even in a time of betrothal, was caught in an unfaithfulness of relationship, one of the things that would happen is that they would remove one of the coins, one of the front coins on the headband as a symbol that she would, was unfaithful. It would be a marking or a labeling that this lady has been unfaithful in relationship. So you need to understand coins and the symbol of it are massive. There's a lot of thought behind what these coins mean and represent. And, it, and you don't want to walk out into public if, you're, if you've lost one of these coins from the headband. It was a sign. So what is the purpose of this? And is to bring glory to the bride. It's to bring strength to the bride when these coins are in place and given by the, by the father or, and the mother to them. <clears throat> the coin was really precious to the woman. But notice in this particular case, it was absent, is lost. So when the coin's gone, it is of no value. When the coin is lost, it is of no value. When the coin is lost, it will say, it could represent something about her that she didn't want to represent. She didn't want to be known as the unfaithful one. She would not have the coin to adorn her head. It would not be able to grace her life with a sense of, provision and strength and as long as it's gone its value is useless there's no value if you don't have that coin in hand so there's a lot of symbolism in this very short story that Jesus was telling us about it teaches us the value of one we're in a had a discussion with my eldest son millennial about socialism, kind of, he's kind of liking the concept of that. And I tried to not throw a real fit, probably did. <clears throat> but in the midst of that, this story is the focus of God on one. Socialism has a tendency to not, has no value on one, it is the value of the collective. It's a value of the group. But I want you to understand, Jesus is very interested in you as an individual and the people around you individually, not just as a crowd, not just together a group. He's concerned about you and your life. And we see that in this story. You'll also see in this images that like the lost silver, people, listen, we're not created to, be, to live lives of disobedience to the Lord. We were created 
to bring glory to Him, to walk closely with the Lord. That is our design. We were not designed to be pulled off, lost, thrown into the dirt, into the darkness. That was not our design, original design of God. You see, God says He made us for one purpose. Do you know what it is? His glory. Your purpose is is for His glory. So what happens if we are thrown into the dirt? What happens if we are lost in the darkness? What happens because we know that man, when we sinned in the original from our uh, forefather, we became a lost soul, just like the coin. We became lost in dirt, in darkness, in separation. And in that condition, we're actually no value at all. But when a life is found, when one is restored, when you go after somebody and love them enough to bring them in, get them to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll begin to understand that the, what the world sees as no value has become, again, priceless in God's hands. For this woman, she couldn't be complete until she had found that coin. You understand now why she so desperately searched. We're thinking, just a coin, what a big deal. If it's worth a day's wages, or a, depending on the size of the coin, or if it's a week's wages, you know, in our day, we'll spend a day's wages on, to spend a night in a motel on vacation. We think not a lot about it. But in this particular situation, that was a large protection of her life. The coin was of great value. And the second truth, if you're making notes, is this. The search was intense. This va- the coin was so valuable that the search became very intense for this lady. She springs into action. notice what it says, she lights the light, she moves things around, she probably took the limited amount of furniture and put it, either moved it or moved it outside, and it says she swept, and if you understand uh, that in that day, the houses did not have a lot of external windows, and the, the floor was dirt, and it would be dark inside, and it says that she got so diligent that she moved things, she swept, she, she lighted lamps in order to be able to see more carefully. She just put a lot of diligent work because as long as that coin was in the darkness, it was of useless, it was no use. When it was lost in the dirt, it could not have any option for her provision. It was a dis- in disuse and it was lost sometimes. This is kind of significant in a little bit is lost inside the dwelling. See, lost men are in darkness. Catch this. This is why we're doing this little card thing. Why are we doing this? Why would we do this? Men are in darkness. They're away from the Lord. They, they, in that darkness comes a, a lack of insight, a lack of wisdom, a lack of godly knowledge, and then we begin to relate back to what, If you read Romans chapter 1, you see mankind go from this position and you'll read down through chapter 1 of Romans how we begin to, uh, our minds begin to become more and more reprobate the further we get away from the Lord. We get into greater darkness. Men are in darkness. Now I can tell you, some of these men and women who are in darkness are intellectually incredibly wise. Some of the greatest minds you'll ever know 
may be a man or a woman still in spiritual darkness. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4 says they're lost in the black darkness of spiritual ignorance. In that condition, you don't even know you're in that condition. You don't know that there is a truth that will elevate you. There is a, a, a message that will take your, 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 uh, your sin, your shame, and your guilt and restore you into a right place. There's not a knowledge that that great mind you've been given was for the purposes of advancing his kingdom and bringing glory to God. There is no knowledge of that. And we can see these wise and wealthy, strong people, but they can also be in just total darkness. I think we see it every day in the political realm. I, in my mind, I'm just sitting there thinking, that is, that is total ignorance. How could you say that? Or how could you do that? How could you make that decision or take that position when we know very well what God's word says how can you do that well these are smart people they're powerful people they're wealthy people so what is it it's a spiritual darkness to them what they have rationalized in their mind is God and so whatever they think is truth with no foundation of truth and the scripture says that they're in darkness lost Lost men are also in the dirt. You've seen a coin, right? <clears throat> On the coin, let's take a quarter. One side. Does anybody have a quarter? One side of the quarter, there's an there's a image of a president's head, right? Stamped in it. What's on the other side? Washington's on the quarter. And an eagle's on the back representative of our nation. There are images, <clears throat> excuse me, imprinted on that coin. But when that coin is in the dirt or under the dust, those images are gone. It's useless. It's the image of the coin that's on the coin which brings honor to the, to the authority of the, of the time or the place is this. Here's the story. Men and women have the stamp of God. The image of God is stamped in us. But as long as we're in the dirt or in the dust, that image is, you can't see it. And what I want you to understand, our God is very, very, very interested in men and women who are lost in the dirt. He knows he imprinted on them his image because we're created in his image. He knows it. But he knows that they're dirty and it's covered and that image is not able to be seen and so the only thing that can happen is for that coin to be searched for diligently, helped out of that ground, get it cleaned up to where it can begin put back into a place where it can be used. That's what God does, and that's what Jesus does for people all around us. Please get it in your heart. That men and women, just imagine this with me. I wonder what the Lord's full intent is for a church. <clears throat> what if around us today, and they're mowing or watering lawns, going to the lake, playing golf, uh, sleeping in, watching movies, I don't know, 
what they're doing. It all sounds fun to me. <clears throat> but they're in darkness. And the image that was imprinted on them is covered by the dirt today. What if those people were found? What if the church, like the lady in the story, got busy about the process because she wasn't going to quit until that coin was found? It meant everything to her. And she got out, did whatever it took. She got dirty. She did whatever was necessary to find that one and get it out, clean it up, put it back into its place. When, if we as a church gathered that condition in our heart about men and women around us who are lost, what about that? We would have, think about if we had 50 of the greatest leaders on the north side of Springfield that are now in darkness saved and they got cleaned up they got the image back clear as to who they are they began to be usable within the house what would happen if you added 50 major leadership leadership type people to a hamlin they'll all pick a spot they'll see a need they'll start building and developing and strengthening the body what would happen if there today what if there were a hundred businessmen and women, highly successful, making some good money, doing a good work, but their image, they're in the dirt because they don't know their God image. What if we handed them a card or we had lunch with them and we began to share and we helped them find their way back to their God design? What would happen into a, ch a church like Hamlin? hundred givers, servers, administrators what would happen if around this church you know this church is full of teachers I thank the Lord for that every day I am so grateful to know that the people of God are on mission into our public school system because that's what it is it's one of the hardest places on the planet to do mission but you're doing it and I'm proud of you but what would happen if some of these, the greatest minds and greatest teachers found their redemption in Christ and they began to come in and they began to take this word of God, break it and teach it and feed us and disciple us and train us and get where we'd get muscles in our spiritual man, we'd begin to put on the armor <clears throat> instead of kind of hiding by our shame and our guilt. We begin to understand who we are because of what Jesus did. What would happen if there were a hundred teachers added to this church. I'm not talking about just teachers. Disciplers. People who passionately love the Lord and follow Him. Do you understand? There'd be no weakness. There'd be no limitations. There would be this massive work of God. Where are they today? They're in the dirt somewhere. They're in the dirt somewhere. Our job is to be like this lady... And diligently search, sweep, until we find them. <clears throat> Did you see that? This, this coin was lost even within their own home. See, the truth of the story is, <clears throat> there's a good chance that even in this house, there are some who are in the dirt. And it's not, it's not new knowledge to you. You've known it for a while. That you've been away. That you've been separated. 
that you've never been through the cleansing or the washing that comes through Jesus Christ. You've never been through the restoration process where you could be cleansed, brought out, implanted back into a place that brings glory to the Lord and, and work through the church. See, God's done everything to make this right for us. He's done everything that he can. He loves us. He loves people that are in the dirt. He has provided a perfect salvation for people in the dirt. See, here's what happens sometimes. We get saved, and over a period of time, we live around people that got saved over a period of time, and we got used to living among believers, but we run out of any relationships with unbelievers and almost get a sense of distaste about unbelievers when all they are are men and women who have the image imprinted on them of, of God, of the Lord, who need to be rescued from the dirt, to be put back into their rightful place. <clears throat> that is one of the main jobs of the church, I think, is to take the message to a world that's stuck in darkness. Do you know as men and women we're prone to dirt? Have you ever not had a bath for two or three days? You know what I'm talking about. We go back toward the dirt. It, we're just prone to it. Scripture says we're prone to darkness as well. We love to get back in where we can hide, where our sins are hidden. So we, we love dirt. So we're like two-year-olds is what we are, right? We love dirt. You find a mud puddle, you're going to jump right in the middle of it. And so we're, we're prone to the dirt. But what's so good about this story is that the Lord loves people that are in the dirt. He's told the story about the sheep. He told the story about the coin. He says, these lost people, I love them, and I want them back where I've created them. I want them to be restored. She would do anything, this lady, to restore one coin to its tremendous value. We live in a society, I'm closing, that has very little value on an individual. See, we, a while back, we decided that infants within the womb are not babies, so we can kill them. That's devaluing life. We have, a, a, uh, it's ramped up, the abuse that happens upon children now is terrifying. The teachers know in the room, because they get to see it, and they get to hear the stories. So abuse and that tells that the individual is not important. What I want you to understand, God loves you intensely, but he loves that person that's in your neighborhood that you don't like too much because they're dirty. They don't have the image of God because it's covered up. And I get it. I get why it's hard. But I just want you to get the heart of, the, of what the Lord is saying. It's the lost parables says, I want you to go after these coins, go after these valuable people and bring them out of the dirt and bring them back to the one that can clean them up, restore them, and put them back where they need to be. I want to show you this last thing as Vicky's coming. If you'll notice at the end of that little parable, Jesus turns the picture from a little Jewish house, dark, dirty, to an image of heaven. Because <clears throat> this lady, when she found the coin, she threw a party again like they did when the, when the lost sheep. She got her friends together and said, let's, let's celebrate. 
because everything's been restored to me now. So she was so excited. But it says, then Jesus turns it. Do you see it real quickly, what he says there at the end? He said, now, in the presence of God, or in the presence of the angels of God, there is a great celebration for one that was lost that has been found. Have you ever thought about that just a moment? Now, we know the angels are celebrating because it says in the presence of the angels of God. But who is it is in the presence of the angels of God? God. Who's celebrating? God is. And the angels are just joining in with him. When one that was lost in the dirt, somebody went out and swept and found it and brought him out. Said there is a great celebration in heaven for every one of those that are found. Today, I'm praying first for me. I've been saying, God, you're going to have to break my heart. I'm afraid it has prone to hardness. My heart is prone to hardness. It's prone to self-protection. It's prone to say, well, the needs are too great, so why try? That's, you understand what I'm saying? Everywhere, everywhere. It's so big. The message that's being told around the world is, is false message. It's deception. It's straight out lies. And the Lord says in the last days, deception is going to come in like a flood. Guess what? We're in it. The flood's here. But the Lord gave that promise that he was going to raise up a standard in that day. A standard is a people, an individual that said, Lord, here am I. Give me a broken heart for the lost coins. Give me a broken heart for the lost sheep. Lord, do something in me that moves me beyond enduring a 30-minute teaching that moves me to be changed on the inside, Lord, where I get your passion, I get your heart for those things that are lost. I'm praying that for me. I'm also praying that for us. What are you praying about? What is the Lord saying to you through these lost stories? What do you think he's trying to tell us? First of all, if a person's valuable to God, when they're saved, they miss hell. That which was unusable becomes usable to the master's use. That which was dirty is now cleansed and renewed. And, and you can now see the image of the Lord in their life. And it's a glorious day when a lost person is saved by the grace of the Lord. I'm going to end here. It also says that the coin was lost in the house, in the dwelling. I really felt this week and this morning that the Lord was saying there's one, two, 20, don't know, that are in the dwelling but are lost. That have a form of godliness but we've denied all the power. We believe in the truth and we believe in the gospel, but we don't believe what the gospel says it'll do in us and through us. 
I don't know if it's you. I'm not trying to get you to doubt because if I'm talking, if, if you're under conviction, that's the Spirit of God. I'm not here to try to get you to doubt. I'm here to try to get you to hear what God's saying to you. And if you're lost in the dwelling, please don't try to stay hidden. Let's deal with it today. Let's get it out of the dirt because there's nobody here going to say bad things or look badly at you. I'll tell you this because there's going to be a party in heaven and we're just going to join in. What's God saying to you right now? I'm going to ask you that. And you answer this in your own head. What is God saying to you right now? And what are you going to do about it? Let's stand. The altars are now open. Let's do business with God. You want to? Let's just don't do another day. Let's do business with God and His Word.